Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an absolute treat we have for you this week. We've had some absolute legends on this show before. Today's guest, you've seen his face all over Instagram, all over TikTok. I'm talking about Josh Green. He's a video creator, but you probably know him better as One Punch Dad. CW5, Billy T. Friendly, Sergeant First Class, Willie Water Hazard, Major David, in air quotes, the Sergeant Major, Lieutenant Colonel. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the Gotcha 6 podcast. Tony, it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So first off, what was the video that you knew, like, hey, this, there's something here. We got to kind of keep exploring, keep trying to like iterate a little bit and understand how far can we kind of push these characters? So, you know, it's funny. I was on TikTok for a while before I really started doing the character stuff. And I was kind of, you know, I was kind of just doing the the lip sync stuff. You know, you'd find a funny audio and you're like, oh, I can, I can relate that to, uh, you know, like a situation I deal with daily. And it's kind of TikToks are kind of like memes and motions, right? So you, it's almost like a meme that you get to act out and perform a skit, uh, sometimes with other people, usually with me, it's by myself. So I'd been doing that for a while. And just one day out of the blue, I was actually, uh, I was just thinking about like, man, Lieutenant Colonels all act the same kind of, they really do. They're not, I mean, they're all individual humans, but when they're in character, I guess, man, they really just pull from the same bag of, uh, mannerisms and tropes. And so I, I just, just in one take, I put my glasses down on the crook of my nose and I found a filter that kind of stretched my face out a little bit. And I was like, I'm just going to riff. And it, uh, immediately people were like, that's my boss. That's my BC. That's my battalion commander. Or that's my G3, uh, you know, Lieutenant Colonel, whatever. And then from then on, it was just like, okay, well, who else we got? You're just working your way through the staff at the battalion level. I absolutely oh, yeah. no, love no, that. No, no one is safe. As you continue to create these characters and, you know, look at the humorous side, right? And looking at ways to make people smile because you're not attacking anybody, right? And that's what I think is what I love about your content. It, it's very funny. You're just kind of poking fun at the humor, you know, all of like the oddities that go on. But I'm sure you've gotten to the point now, like you're going through your day and you're like, oh, that that's content. You're in a meeting. You're like, oh, that's definitely going to become... We're going to do something with that later. Is that kind of how it goes or what, what does that process look like? It, it is 100%. Um, you know, I, you know, you're an army leader too. We all kind of don a character. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're a drill sergeant on the trail or you're a, a you know, a lieutenant giving a range brief or, a, you know, a, a field grade officer, you know, briefing QTB slides. It really, we all kind of put on airs a little bit and we all kind of adapt even warrant officers do it. You know, I'm guilty of, of just doing things. And I'm like, I'm just doing this because I saw someone else do it and it appeared effective. Um, but that was kind of the basis was just like, okay, I'm going to find whatever those grab bags of, of tropes that all these different populations are pulling from. 
and I'm just going to dump it out on the table and we're going to play with them. But yeah, absolutely. Whenever I, you know, I'm having interactions with, you know, my fellow warrant officers or other officers, all in good fun, but absolutely the record button is on. So I know, I know anyone who ever has to give a briefing with me in the room now is going to be like, oh gosh, like, is this going to end up, am I going to get lampooned for this? I want to kind of pull it back and like understand where your kind of comedic timing, your love and appreciation for comedy comes from. Is it like a specific individual, a group of people? Has it always just been like you've been the funny guy in the room or? I think I always wanted to be. I, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, if you, if you do research into like any comedian, you know, if you're a big stand-up comedy fan or anyone who started maybe in stand-up comedy and now they're an actor, the success to fail rate is is not always favorable sometimes you know i i think in high school and and even my early years in the army i made plenty of jokes in a group setting that did not land i'm also kind of a nerd so i can make a joke that's maybe kind of a niche or obscure reference you know and for me it's hilarious but you know you get a room full of other like professionals they're just kind of like hmm i didn't get it you know but yeah, you know, I, I love Jim Carrey. I love the slapstick kind of like Ace Ventura style, just like be crazy and be weird and and take people to an uncomfortable but funny place. And, and you know, my mom and dad watch my TikToks, uh, so I <laughs> I occasionally will overstep the PG-13 line, but I try not to do it too much because I know they're watching. But occasionally I'll get out there and take it into <laughs> not super R-rated territory, but a couple F-bombs, you know, never hurt anybody, I guess. Dark enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like AMC when they first started, you know, putting Breaking Bad on, on TV, you know, we're, we're edgy, but not too edgy. So as you kind of understood that, you know, working through the comedic timing piece of that and like seeing what kind of landed one thing with like comedians that are super successful is that a lot of them say like, it takes a while to like understand who their authentic self is. Like when did it start to click with you? Like, Hey, I'm being Josh. I'm not trying to be somebody else. That, I mean, that was not like a moment, you know, that was kind of an exploratory journey for me. Cause I think when I got on TikTok and I realized like, oh, hey, people, people are liking this. And, uh, you know, I started, you know, having people come up to me and say, hey man, I, you're, you're that guy, you know, you're the guy I saw your video. I, you know, it did start to kind of, um, you know, I had a conflict. I had on one hand, you know, I classically, I always wanted to be an actor and I always wanted to be this kind of uh, comedic center of attention and have people laughing and, you know, have people come up to me and say, you know, this, you know, oh, I, you know, I love your stuff, you know, but also I want to be a successful, uh, you know, 140 alpha. I want to be a successful warrant officer and I want to be said to have done my job well. And, you know, so I had a lot of anxiety about the balance that I was striking in my professional life and my, you know, my, my TikTok life, I guess. Um, so I had to kind of consider like who I was going to be at what portions of the day and what that pie chart looked like. You know, there were days I think I let myself be a little bit too much TikTok and there were days where I had to let the pendulum swing the other way and I I had to be, you know, serious chief for a couple of days just to kind of make up for that. So as far as internally, it was definitely like to go from giving a serious brief to your staff back to all right, now we're going to, you know, hat and cane, you know, do something silly that's a gear shift and it actually does kind of take a toll. How do you set like almost like a routine around that gear shift where it's not like, you know, somebody trying to understand how to drive standard for the first time? 
One thing that I have done that I actually I was a little worried about because I, I think any military creator would be remiss if they didn't deny that a video that you make in your uniform is probably going to perform a little better. That is uh, that's a thing. You know, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I straight up I could tell a joke in this black T-shirt I'm wearing and I could tell the same joke in uniform and I guarantee you the, the uniform video is going to perform better. I don't know if it's something people see that. And maybe they're surprised to see someone in a uniform, uh, you know, telling a joke or being serious or doing a funny voice, you know, or doing a character. One thing I've started doing, I think that has been helpful for me, and I don't know if people have noticed or not, but most of the character stuff I've been doing is just my tan t-shirt. So I just, you know, getting ready in the morning, you know, I usually put on a fresh shave and, and then, you know, kind of in that space between waking up and going to work or even after I come home from work and drop my top which is kind of symbolic if you think about it of, okay, I'm not Chief Green anymore. Now I can be one punch dad. And now I can kind of enter into this space where uh, I can do this. They see the tan t-shirt and they still think, you know, maybe it kind of conjures a military uh, uniform for him, but it doesn't, for me, it doesn't feel like I'm letting that bleed into my professional, professional life as much. I think that's so key too, because not only is there that physical, like you said, the physical removal of your uniform top, but it allows you to be a little bit more creative and not feel this burden, especially like as a military creator too. Like I understand that like where there's, there's gotta be a separation um, and you, you have to be so mindful of that because anything you do can be viewed by, you know, millions of people at any point. And you have to be able to say, you can, you have to be able to defend what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it does give me a little bit of space to, you know, it, it doesn't say U.S. Army on my chest anymore. And at that point, it's not like I'm trying to run wild and just drag the army through the mud. I'm very grateful for my time in the army and I, I love it and 100% want to keep doing it. But I also don't want to make jokes on their behalf. And I think in my early days of TikTok, um, I maybe didn't think about it as much. I also didn't have as many followers, so I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And now as my platform has grown, I've been like, you know, I, I got followed by a warrant officer recruiting the other day on Instagram. It's like, ah, okay, we, we really need to think about the message that we're sending to potential candidates and, and people who maybe are considering a career as a warrant officer now, because, you know, it's not just a handful of people watching now, it's a good chunk. Making sure you keep that audience front of mind, but also making sure you're authentic to yourself and kind of keep going back to that is critically important. And I tip my hat to you for doing that because- like you said, it is a journey and it takes a while to get there. Um, and along the journey, you're going to, you know, you're going to kind of stumble along the way and things like that. But like where you are on the journey right now, what kind of challenges or things are you working on to kind of better and hone your craft, both as a content creator and then, you know, maybe professionally at work that, that are somewhat intertwined? So I do feel a, a kind of a tinge of guilt sometimes because I have kind of amassed a pretty decent platform and I, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And I'm very grateful to everyone who's out there, you know, following and commenting on, on One Punch Dad stuff. As of late, I have kind of eased back on a lot of the professional development stuff. And it's not because I just don't want to do it or I don't see the value. I would love to do more. Honestly, I get a kick out of you know, I think a lot of people, when they think about, hey, I want to submit a warrant officer application, they're really nervous and reticent to actually approach a warrant officer and talk about that. What, what a lot of people don't know is that, especially letter writing warrant officers, usually your CW3, 4, or 5s, they are so incredibly eager to take time out of their day to hear your story, 
to understand why you want to become a warrant officer in your field. And that's true of me too. I think I want to do that more and use my platform more. Excuse me. I just haven't really, I haven't really found a good consistent touch point for that yet. You know, I started a discord, you know, a couple weeks ago. I didn't really know much about Discord, so it kind of got flooded uh, initially, but I'm looking at ways that I can grow that for professional discussion and and kind of guiding people toward, because I get some of my most commonly asked questions are, hey, I'm in the Air Force and I want to be a U.S. Army warrant officer, or I'm a Navy warrant officer and I need to know a little bit more about my Army counterparts, stuff like that. So finding a way to say, hey, I'm a popular warrant officer. How can I centralize information that about my craft for people and not just be a giant clown all the time? I love making people laugh, but also, you know, there is also this feeling that I need to use my position as a, you know, prominent warrant officer in the army community or the, the army internet community to help people out. So a little bit more background on your story, right? You transitioned into Warren as, as a staff sergeant. Do you remember kind of that moment and what that was for you when you made that decision of like, I enjoy what I'm doing here, but I really want to go and become a warrant officer. It was, you know, for me, it was kind of a mix. You know, I, um, I would love, I would love to say that it was, it was something that I thought about at length. It was kind of at the time it was believed that I was just going to have to do it then or miss my shot because of some things that were coming out about the tattoo policy at the, at the time. And my warrant officer mentor at the time was like, Hey man, they're going to change the regulation where if you have, you know, arm tattoos that you can't request a commission. So you either do it now or you don't do it. So my initial plan was to wait until, you know, maybe I got gathered a little bit more expertise as a, as a non-commissioned officer, but things being what they were, you know, I put my packet in almost, I would say as an afterthought, the packet, the application process is pretty, you know, there's a lot of resume writing and, you know, you have to get a letter, you have to interview for that letter normally. So it wasn't, something I did lightheartedly, but it was something that I kind of did and thought, "Ah, I don't, we'll see what happens, but I didn't really, I didn't think too much about it. And I actually continued to develop as a non-commissioned officer as a, after I submitted my packet, not really knowing what I was going to do. But when I got selected to become a warrant officer, it was like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't forget, but it's kind of like, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm so grateful because it really, in hindsight, it, it put my career and my life on a, on a wonderful trajectory. And now looking at that trajectory, right, going in or jumping in when you maybe you didn't feel ready, just like you've done with like, you know, One Punch Dad, you know, on the warrant track, is that kind of a, a belief or understanding that has kind of really just greatly changed your life? Or is there something else that we haven't kind of hit on yet that has really just been fundamental? That's really it, man. It really, you know, the Army, I tell a lot of people, and I'm not here to tell you I'm you know, air assault, ranger, sapper, anything like that. But it truly is an organization that as long as you're willing to to do the work to submit the packet and to become physically able and physically ready, you can pretty much do whatever you want in this organization. And that, I, I really believe that to be true. There's some caveats there, obviously, you know, and, and people get injured and stuff, but you really, you can do whatever you want and you absolutely can try whatever you want. There's, there's really... There's, I've really rarely been told no just out of principle for anything like that. You know, I had people when I was talking and espousing the idea of becoming a warrant officer, I had people tell me, you shouldn't do it. Why would you do that? That's, you know, you are a six-year 
you know, sergeant at the time when I actually put my packet in, you know, you're too young, you know, you're not going to, you know, if you don't make rank, they put you out of the army, you don't get retirement, all that stuff. I had mountains of discouragement around me and I did it anyway. And now I don't just sit around like thinking about all the crow they're eating now, but they were wrong. They were so wrong. If you have a mind to do something and that extends to outside of the army, you know, it's kind of like the comedy thing, you know, you not every joke is going to land and you're not going to get applause and laughter for every joke, but the ones that do feel so good. The ones, the victories that you get are enough to make you say, you know what? I'm going to make another joke tomorrow and it may land and it may bomb, but so, so yeah, I think I'm glad I did it. You know, I had every reason not to, but I'm glad I did it. As we kind of look at the times where you're standing on stage, a joke's thrown out or a chance is thrown out there and you fail, right? You're just sitting in the silence. Can you talk about where you kind of sat in the silence or had to go through that failure that's just completely been an absolute success looking back on it now? I think, you know, there's in the military, certainly no one really remembers your bad jokes as much as you do or your, you know, embarrassing moments. You know, I have embarrassing moments for me that I brought up to people who are there and they're like, I don't really remember that happening. I mean, it sounds bad. One of my biggest failures that I thought, you know, for a long, long time after I joined the army was I thought I gave up on my acting dream. You know, I wanted to be an actor so badly before I joined the army. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to make films and be in films and be on TV and do voices on TV and, and do all that stuff and be a creative person. You know, I played music, I was in bands and stuff. And there was a long period after I joined the army and even into my non-commissioned officer time where I felt like I had failed or kind of given up. And it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to make it as a, as an artist and make that be your, your sole source of income. But I see now, and I look at my life and I'm like, I get to be in the army really, in my opinion, in the best possible way as a warrant officer, the way that suits me the best. And I'm also enjoying uh, making people laugh. And, you know, I get to you know, continue to make music and I get to have my family and all that. Like, I really get the best of every world that I ever thought about. And it's, you know, yeah, I'm not in Hollywood or anything. That's fine. You know, TikTok kind of scratches that itch for me in a way. And I think my my failure of not being able to be an actor or a creative was kind of washed away at this point because I, I am. That's who I am. And I get to do that and have my job. Now, Josh, kind of as we close out, I have one final question. We kind of touched on a lot, but I want to ask you directly. Josh Green, how are you better today than yesterday? I think each day I feel better than the day prior because of mindfulness. I went through a lot of years not realizing how unintentional I was being in my life. I was doing a lot. I was doing a ton. You know, I was going to the gym and I was busy at work and I, you know, we, you know, uh, my oldest son just turned nine, you know, we've been having kids and going places and doing things, but I wasn't really thinking about the implication of every interaction, not just with my family and my wife, but just people I meet out in the world and the, you know, in the army, you meet so many people, so many people from different walks of life. I've met people from corners of the earth. I didn't think I was going to, you know, have interactions with those kind of people. And so today I feel better because I've considered things that occurred yesterday that I normally would have not thought about. You know, yesterday specifically, you know, was a was Sunday and I I rested yesterday. And I normally 
would have kind of looked at that as just like being lazy and not doing anything. But I made an intentional choice to rest and to be at rest. And so today I felt invigorated and I felt uh, I felt ready because I made an intentional choice about what I was going to do, or in this case, not do, I guess, yesterday. So I think just being intentional and being mindful of every interaction, because none of it is meaningless. None of it is meaningless. Every every inch of your day, you know, time is your life's currency. And whether you're spending it by the penny or you're spending it by the buck, uh, you're going to get what you pay for. So just just kind of being mindful about how I'm spending my my time. And we are extremely grateful for you spending this time with us. Josh, where can people go to find out more about you and One Punch Dad? Uh, TikTok is is my really my number one jam, one X Punch X Dad. Um, we'd love to love to have you in the comments there and and be laughing with us. And I'm also on Instagram. Instagram's kinda growing as of late, but uh it's the same one X Punch X Dad. I've started using Facebook to kind of guide some of my videos over there for uh, some of the more old-fashioned uh, One Punch Dad fans. So you might start seeing some content pop up on your Facebook feed. And then I have a link tree in my TikTok bio that's got, you know, sometimes I'll play video games on Twitch. Um, it's kind of hit or miss. That's just kind of a fun thing. But uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, TikTok and Instagram, that's where you can find me normally. We'll make sure we link the TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Discord on the show notes for this episode. Josh, thank you for sharing your strategies, your methods, and your ideas as you continue to evolve One Punch Dad and what that looks like. And most importantly, thanks for having our six, brother. I got your six. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Gotcha Six Podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers. But the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Gotcha 6 podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members. <laughs>